0: All right, welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have a really special guest I've been trying to get on the show for a long time, Ben Askren. He's fighting Jake Paul, April 17th on Triller, uh, the big fight. Everyone's talking about the boxing match. Uh, Jake Paul obviously needs no introduction. He's got a huge following, YouTuber. uh, Ben Askren is the guy that stepped up and said he'll fight him. Um, And it's going to be a very interesting fight. Um, Ben Askren and Jake Paul are both... Uh, very uh, good promoters, and uh, I've been wanting to get them on the show, so I think it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you so much for the support, guys, the comments, the feedback, the likes, the shares. Uh, Make sure and click the subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, Click the bell for notifications, and you got to turn your notifications on. I was told to say that. Um, Somehow, I guess if you click the bell, it doesn't necessarily mean you get notifications. you got to turn them on your phone, uh, on YouTube. Um, But that way you find out when we are releasing videos and and then you can actually watch them sooner. We release them nine hours earlier on YouTube, than we do the audio platforms. So you can actually go to YouTube and watch them faster and and get the content faster. Uh, We will also be posting a very special feature video after this, so stay tuned, turn your notifications on, it's gonna be posted, uh, I'm not not sure exactly when, but very soon uh, to the posting of this podcast. So anyway, without further ado, let's talk to Ben. Hi Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me Mike. It's, uh, I've been trying to get you on for a while. Have you noticed? I, I reached out to you and then uh, and then I kind of taunted you a little bit on some of your posts and like I, was like, <laughs> I gotta get Ben on because you initially said yes and, and we're gonna set it up and then I didn't hear from you so I was like every time you made a post I was like leaving a comment. I was like I don't know you were like in the backyard yeah, doing I, fun I, stuff. I don't know
1: what happened. I think it was something with corona and I, everything was like just slow during corona
0: and so that was probably a I'm gonna. I'm gonna blame that. Yeah, that's good. And you know, everything happens for a reason. Obviously, you got like a big fight coming up now, so we actually have something decent to talk about. Um, Absolutely. Your, your life is uh, changing a bit. You were retired. Um, first of all, good. how you doing? How's your injury? How's training? How's life?
1: Good. Re- rehab's been great. I mean, the, the I was actually just I just turned on Joe Rogan with the Undertaker. Yeah. And the Undertaker had the exact same surgery as me. And it was so funny listening to him talk about it because I went through like the exact same emotions, the exact same things where, you know, I woke up and like all my pain was gone. And I'm like, wait, my back, my back doesn't hurt yeah. anymore. My hip, I knew my hip wasn't going to hurt anymore, but my back doesn't hurt. That's weird. You know, and then it's like you're back up walking within just a couple of days and you're like, wait, huh? I said my hip redone. I, sh- I shouldn't be walking, should I? But I'm like, I'm up. I'm good. And then, you know, the pain that you you. you Your first thing is like, well, I'm on pain meds. That's probably why my pain has gone. But then (laughs) it just like never comes back. And wow. Yeah. So and then uh, I I didn't listen to the whole thing. So I was sitting in the steam room. And then uh, at the end, he was just talking about how like your body mechanics are so off because you've been compensating for that injury. And I have all this like weird shit I do because I couldn't bend and move in certain ways. So like the way I get up or the way I walk or like a handful of things I do. And I'm just like, now I, I could do them normal, but my body is so muscle-memoried into doing it like the old way. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh, why am I doing this like this?
0: Yeah. Have you had knee surgery before? Like, have you torn your ACL, MCL, no, meniscus never, or anything? Never. Okay. I,
1: I've been really healthy prior to the hip issues. I had some um, neck problems a few different times, once in high school, once in college. But besides that, very minim- minimal on the injury front.
0: I was going to kind of try to compare. I've had the knee surgery, so I had the trifecta, the, the ACL, MCL, meniscus. So I was going to try ouch. and see if, how this compared to that. But obviously, this, this seems to be a lot better. I was out for – I didn't do things the correct way. I was out 910 days in the middle of my oh, prime. God. Yeah, in the middle of your prime when you're, when you're winning fights and having fun and, and then you yeah. tear your knee and then you're 910 days out. Not, not, a, good, not a good time um 900 days that's like three years or something yeah maybe instead of rehab i came to thailand to keep trying to build my gym and so i was like uh yeah it was like i'll do it in the hotel room sounds easy just extend the leg yeah didn't didn't do it yeah shouldn't have flown three weeks after the surgery either that was another big one so i had to have mm. m- uh, multiple surgeries and yeah three years that sucked damn
1: yeah the hip thing it was funny because the the rehab was really minimal it was like you know, you wake up and you're there for two days or whatever, a day after the hospital. And then they're like, OK, here's like these eight stretches to do. And you're like, OK, that's it. You know, and they're like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this for six weeks. And then, you know, and then we have a follow up call in six weeks. Yeah. And then you get the follow up call. and They're like, well, hey, do these two other exercises. And you're like that. That's it. <laughs> that, that's really all I got to do. Yeah, that, that's it. it. was It was freaking wild.
0: Yeah, I would think in, in boxing, which is what you're doing now, uh, I would think there would be a lot less pressure. I mean, obviously, you use your hips, you twist and all that. I get it. Um, a lot of punches come from the hip. That's common known. Uh, but it's like yeah. it, it seems like it would be a lot less strenuous than, than grabbing a man and throwing him all over the place like you've been doing in your MMA career your, or, or yeah. your, obviously your wrestling career. So I would think it would be a lot less strain anyway. So that that's definitely going to be going in your favor.
1: Uh, Yeah, big time, like. I, I you know I teach wrestling so I get I get on the mat um and I kind of wrestle with some of the middle school kids and high school kids and, and play around but I would be I'd be very hesitant to like have someone who's my skill level and try to go against them in wrestling or jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any pain in my hip but yeah that that would make me nervous just the fact that I'd have to be in these positions that I literally haven't been in in years because my leg didn't bend that
0: way. Yeah. Well, good for you taking the fight. Um, you know, I, I can see the ups and the downs of taking a fight, being you're retired, surgery, um, you know, wrestling base uh, primarily in your in your career. Um, mm-hmm. What factors went into I – mean, I'm not going to try to ask you all the questions you've been asked before. I saw a lot of your interviews. Yeah. But, but what factors went into taking the fight aside from the money? Obviously, you're making a lot of money. That goes into a mm-hmm. big – you know, that would be a big factor for me and everybody else, obviously. Yeah. Aside from that, what were the – thoughts in your mind like the thought process that like excited you about taking this fight uh and coming back and and having this uh this kind of uh th- this next fight in this next moment
1: um yeah i would say it was just like an opportunity that was too good to pass up right um and I, you know i love i love to compete and so uh i always say like i have this big bookshelf right over here and i and i was i always read a lot when i was growing up And one of the biggest things people struggle to do uh, and athletics is, is retire at the right time. And so right. that was like something that was always in my head is like, don't stick around, don't stick around, don't stick around. And when you're young, it's easy to say that and think that and know logically that that's the right decision. But when you retire from fighting, uh, and I'm sure other athletics would be similar. I don't do those, so I don't want to comment, but I'm, I'm guessing it's similar. There's just some feelings that you can't get in regular everyday life. You know, it's like, I mean, we'll just say for me and you. The, the feeling of walking to the cage yeah. is not a feeling you get in everyday life. And for me, um, I don't, because I, I think I think of competitive competition really positively. Like I love it. Like if I could walk to the cage every day, I'd walk to the cage every day. Now I don't really want to like train and do, right. do, do all the other the things that camps, come along yeah. with being a pro fighter. But if I could walk to the cage, I mean, count me in hundred yeah. percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, can see I mean,
1: that. that, that's a big part of it, just missing the competition. Um, the the money was right, obviously. I think I don't know why people think he's good. Like I watched him and I'm like, he's not
0: very good right.
1: at boxing. And uh and that's that's kinda like that's most of the main
0: reasons. The crazy thing is for me, like to to, to break it down a little bit, I mean <sighs> It doesn't matter if he's good, okay. So I mean, I get that that he might have some technique. A lot of people say he has potential. You know, he he yeah. has you know this, that, and the other. But it doesn't matter. His his level of experience in combat sports compared to you, especially, is so low. Yeah. He doesn't understand the difference of what you gain from having fights. And I'll get into this oh, yeah. a little bit real fast if you give me a second. Um, you know, Chell made a good uh, analogy as far as like, he broke the fight down and and obviously he, he thinks he's made a huge mistake in, in picking you as an opponent and, and that your level of uh, combat experience is just, he shouldn't have taken the fight. So I agree with him on that yeah. regard. But a big part of his breakdown was giving credit to Jake Paul for taking the fight against you because you were he's fighting an MMA fighter who has such big pedigree and and you're you know you're NCAA you know champ you're two time you know yeah. you're Olympian, um, I don't agree with Shell on that regard because I don't think and I'm gonna get your opinion on this I don't think Jake knows what he's getting himself into I don't think he understands that mindset that you have and how powerful that is, yeah. even if he is technical, even if he's more technical than you, uh, whatever the case, it, that mindset is a different mindset. Yeah. And I think a wrestling pedigree is one of the hardest things to come into. Not, not hardest things, but one of the hardest uh I guess uh, stringent pedigrees to have coming into MMA. I mean, I came from AK where we got obviously Kane and DC and Koscheck yeah. and Fitch and you know uh, Habib and you know all these wrestlers. So I've been around wrestlers even though I'm not a wrestler. But the reason they did so good was that pedigree and and that level of you know your training and wrestling is ridiculous. And I, I'd say outside of MMA, that's the hardest the hardest thing. Even yeah. though I, I don't have experience, I'd say that's the hardest training you can have. And you're an Olympian, and and that mindset, that fortitude, that mentality, when you get in there, like 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 what your prediction is the seventh round, uh, you know, TKO, KO, whatever. Yeah. That's that's why I agree with that so much because it's like when he gets in a deep water, he can't possibly know how he's gonna react. <laughs> he's never had never, to dig you deep. Can't. He, it's possible. He, he, me and included when I first started out. In your first couple fights, and, and I don't even think he's had a couple fights. I mean, he fought a YouTuber and he fought a, a basketball player. He hasn't really had a fight yet. And 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 mm-hmm. until you have a fight and then get into trouble where you're in deep water and you have to dig deep, he doesn't understand that's a, that's the, the biggest pain of fighting. It's not getting punched. It's not getting kicked. You know, for me, it's never hurt, those things. It's the digging deep. It's when you're tired, you're exhausted, you're in a dogfight. You don't know if your opponent is fresh or more fresh than you are, and he's going to come at you harder, and you have to dig deep and keep going forward and keep pushing yourself and and, and use your heart. He can't possibly know how much heart he has, how much fortitude he has, and how many guys, even with two fights, have you seen be – uh, composed and relaxed and comfortable enough to conserve their energy. You know, these guys that I've seen that have, have uh, such little fights, they're balls of energy, man. They go in there, they got that pressure, they got that adrenaline, they blow their load in like, you know, one round, two rounds, which we, we haven't seen well. again with him. So, like, I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100% on the fact that I think that, that you can weather this and, and do good and just beat him up. And I think he's going to realize that the way he knocked out Nate is not the worst way to lose a fight. You know, just like Conor McGregor just got yeah. knocked out. Going out on your shield, I've done. I've been knocked out like that. You know, going out on your shield is not a, 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 you know, a, a cowardice way to go. Getting your ass beat by two, by two or three rounds, that doesn't look so good, you know? What, what are your no, thoughts that, overall that, that's on that?
1: way worse. Absolutely. I mean, I always tell my kids, uh, you know, I coach wrestling. And uh, did you? I know you don't didn't wrestle like at a high level. Did you wrestle at all ever?
0: No, just just at AKA with, with okay. these guys trying to take me down and slam me on my head.
1: Well, um, so you'll probably understand a little bit at least. It's not quite the same, but the the most miserable thing in wrestling, in, in folks' I was when you're a bottom and the guy's just grinding your face into the mat. <laughs> there's just not a damn thing you could do about it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And so that mentality you learn from wrestling about how to deal with the adversity. Um, and so I, we deal with that a lot as kids, right? And that's why I think to your point, wrestlers do it so well, but yes, some little, uh, Disney channel star who has kind of a pampered, he's not, I, not going to know how to deal with it. And actually, Mike, I've been having this bad premonition that he's going to, at a press conference or something, he's just going to feel the energy and he's going to realize he got in too deep and he's going to yeah. find a reason not to do it. Um, yeah, because I don't know if. About you, but especially like when I was a little kid, um, not a little kid, t- o- teenager, getting older, um, and starting to be around some high-level wrestlers, there's just like this energy where you're like, I don't want, I don't want to mess with that guy. Like that guy, if I if I mess with yep. that guy, I'm gonna end up That's on the exactly wrong side. you talking of about. And, you know, I know that happened in the college wrestling room to me. Um, and by the time I got the fighting, I was pretty damn good at taking people down, so it didn't happen very frequently. But you know you probably know that feeling and yeah, I, I'm, I'm worried that he's going to at some point realize, Oh shit, maybe, maybe this is not what I want
0: to do. But here's the thing. He's a hundred percent going to realize that the only way he doesn't realize, uh, what he's, what he actually is in for in this fight yeah. is if he comes out and knocks you out in the, in the beginning of this fight. Now let's break that down yeah. for a second. What are the chances of him to come out there in a though. 10 let ounce Let me ask glove. you this
1: though, Mike, let me ask you this first. So, I said you know I said I never really had that in fighting where I was um, just kind of overmatched and nervous but I do remember and I'm I'm curious if you remember this it was my 7th fight I was fighting Lyman Good for the Bellator title and I kind of killed everyone in the tournament and I still didn't really I had no idea what I was doing right? I was just you know taking people down and punching him pretty much and I remember looking at this dude and, Bill, and I remember thinking like shit this guy's going to try to hurt me. I'm like, I got to go I gotta go hurt him. I got to go hurt this guy yeah. before he hurts me because I can look at this guy and this guy's going to try to hurt me right yeah. now.
0: I've had a lot of those moments, you know, where it's like I, it, luckily I was a striker and, I, and, I, and I, like I, I had that like kind of killer instinct and mentality. So, I mean, I would say I'm one of the most aggressive kind of fighters. I and mean, you look at my past, you look at my history, you look at my fights, yeah. and I still had that feeling, especially coming up yeah. in the beginning. Because you don't like I didn't know how good of a fighter I was. I didn't know how aggressive I was. I didn't know how my chin was. I didn't know how my heart was until I had to figure it out inside the cage or inside the ring. Right. I had to learn as I went. So I pretended, you know, in the beginning that I was tough and I had hard and I was going to kill you and I'm going to went out there, blah, blah, blah. But I had to learn those things as I went. And, And I remember sitting back after fights. Like, fuck, yeah, you know, like I dug deep in that one. I got some heart, you know, or, or yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah, I got a chin. I got some punches landed on me in that one. And, you know, I, David Loazzo was a great example, you know, for number one contendership in the UFC. He landed some big shots on me, but, like, I, I took them, and I was I felt good about that. Um, and that's deep into my career. That's, that's five, six fights into my UFC career I was still learning. You know that yeah. that I that I had a chin and I could take a shot, or I had this, or my strategy was better. So for him to be so inexperienced, I just don't think he understands that. And for him to think he can, and like I said, the only way he's not gonna to realize this. Um, is if he comes in there and knocks you out fast. And and then you break that down. What are the chances of, I mean, you see these fights. He's not a great, okay, so he may have potential, but he's not a great technical boxer. He's definitely not experienced. He was winging punches at Nate. Nate was all over the place trying to throw punches back, so his hands were down, um, and he got that big knockout. But for him to knock you out in a 10 ounce glove, when you've spent your entire yeah. career fighting beasts that were having, you know, throwing and hitting you with four ounce gloves and not knocking you out, you've never been knocked yeah. out with a punch. The chances of him to come in there and to think that, you know, for him to think he can come in there and knock you out in like a round or or less than, or whatever the case, it's crazy to me. So, the
1: only time I ever got rocked in my career in and training and/or fight at a fight, and so obviously it was at the. Probably, probably the most inopportune time, and probably uh, the wildest way someone could get knocked out. Yeah. But that was the only time I've been rocked, and so you know, I don't want to say I got a great chin, but it's like, well,
0: yeah, I mean, you I obviously mean, do,
1: right? It, 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 the the time proves that, because I've been in the cage twenty two times or twenty one times, and I've really only been rocked one
0: time. And you're talking about the Jorge fight. You've never been not rocked before that fight. You're saying,
1: ne- never, in, never, in, never before that, um, and never in training ever.
0: And unlike you, I have been knocked out by a bunch with a four-ounce glove. But, like, who in the world would not have gotten knocked out by, a like, a 100% yeah. unprotected bony knee to the face while you're rushing yeah. in and he's rushing to you? I mean, there's no one that couldn't have gotten knocked out. And, and the thing is, is, like, you know, you think Jake Paul realizes that, like like Chell was saying, about the level of a- athleticism you have and, and fortitude and, and your your pedigree. But, you know, when you hear him talk, he's talking about, Oh, you know Ben. You know he acknowledges that your age. You know you're older. You're you're retired. He acknowledges your injury. He acknowledges. You know he makes fun of your striking, saying you know Google your striking and, and look at this. Like he's really downplaying. Like he he's re, you know he really believes that aspect more than I think what he's really facing. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC and the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast and yours truly. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels and now you can save 20% by going to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, entering code QUICK, you save 20% and get free shipping. Manscaped has the best below the waist grooming products on the market bar none, by far, and now even better news, they've just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. So if you're in Europe, Canada, Australia, or America, you can use code QUICK at manscaped.com. You get 20% off, free shipping. That lets them know that we sent you. It's a win-win for us, it's a win-win for you. So please go show support and visit our sponsor today, Manscaped. And I was actually surprised, I I respect this man a lot, and, and I know he knows a lot about fighting, uh, and he was yeah. obviously the promoter for your show, where your champion uh, Scott Coker. I was surprised to hear him say,
1: "No, Scott was never my promoter. It was Bjorn." Remember but I'm just Bjorn? saying, I was really
0: surprised as much as Scott knows about fighting to, to to kind of say what he said. I don't know if he was just taking a jab at you or if that was his real analogy.
1: Scott, Scott and I got in a fight. We got heat, and I don't really well. I. To say, uh, but, but to
0: say, te- but to say, technique is the reason that, that, that Jake could yeah. beat you, and not realize all the other factors you have and experience and all this stuff. That was kind of weird for me to see to see someone like that of that level say that.
1: So Scott, I so when I was I retired from one championship, and they were trying to set up me versus Rory, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just just me versus Rory. And I don't recall the exact reason it didn't work out. Not on my end. I'm 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 good to go. I want to fight, right? right? Right. Um I I was on my opportunity to fight the best guys. And so then they did that Welterweight tournament and I was never asked to be a part of the Welterweight tournament. I not one time, right? It was just the talk of the me versus Rory. So Scott went on and said something like, "Oh yeah, we invited Ben to be in the tournament, but he was scared or you know whatever." And it was like OK, listen, man, if you want to talk shit and say, say truth, that's fine. But if you're just going to tell straight up lies, that's bullshit. And I called him on it. And ever since then, he's always just had like really bad things to say about me. So anything he says, I kind of ignore it. And then I even said, hey, Bellator's up for sale or something. Um, and uh, he threatened to sue me for, oh. for sending a mean tweet at him. Uh, but okay. I, I, I don't think I'm wrong because Bellator – Hasn't put on a show in about six to eight weeks and they don't have anything on the schedule. So I don't really think I'm wrong. What do you think? Think they're for sale? You hear anything?
0: I haven't heard anything, no. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So I guess there was some bad blood there. But I was very surprised to hear his analogy on that just because he should know enough to know that it doesn't come down to technique in in this fight only. You know, there's a lot more factors to play. I mean, as as much as, as he has those big Dumbo gloves to hit you with and try and somehow knock you out with, you have the same size gloves to put up and protect yourself which is oh, hard to get yeah. through. You know what I mean? Like you put your hands up and he punch he's not going to knock you out through your gloves. What's he going to do yes. when he punches himself out by hitting your gloves? Cause you got, you got your hands yeah. up for a round or two. You know what I mean? Like
1: that, that that's another one does that, that uh, crosses mine. Yeah. Bellator's last five was December 10th. If you were curious and uh, they do not have one on the schedule. So they might be for sale. Um, <laughs> but well, they did dog shit ratings last year. If you weren't uh, aware, um, you probably didn't even get it in Thailand. Uh, Bellator. Definitely not available
0: in Asia. Um, <laughs> okay, now Coker, now I know your yeah. feelings toward Bellator. <laughs>
1: uh, Bjorn, you listen to him, Bjorn tweeted me a call, or texted me a couple times lately. It was tremendous. But yeah, Coker, thumbs down. Um, oh, man, I got distracted. What were we talking
0: about? We were just talking about oh, the him, fact he, that hitting me with the four, with you the can block box. just as well as he can punch. And those gloves that you have yeah. are just as big and cover your yep. face twice as much as a four-ounce oh, glove.
1: Sure. No, no, the other thing that you said actually was that – um, you know, he's going to get, he's going to get tired. That's another one where, uh, people, you know, like you're never gonna know, you never going to know, you know, we said earlier, you don't really know how you're going to react to you've been in a fight. That's another one. Like if you've been, if you haven't been that tired, like you don't know how you're going to react. And that's one where, you know, i me coaching youth in high school wrestling. I see kids go to the point where they haven't really been before. And it's a very, for most people, it's a panicked experience, right? They get there and yeah. they're like, fuck, my legs are gassed. My lungs are burning. I've never been here before. I don't really know what to do. Like, that's another one where. It's a panic. And it's panic. And you, you can kind of simulate and practice a little bit. But you can never no. simulate the same as a fight or a match. It's just, no. I don't know why. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, right? I don't know why it's different, but it's freaking different.
0: For sure. Like for me, it's like if I was in your position, and, and no offense to you, obviously, you just have a yeah. wrestling uh, base, obviously not a boxing base. You have way less boxing experience in your career than most most MMA fighters. Um, you know, you are retired, living the good life with your, with your family and your beautiful wife. Um, you're uh, injured, coming off an injury. And then he picks you uh, out of. Uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people he could have fought possibly. Yeah. Are, are you offended that he's trying to take someone who he thinks he can, he can take at their weakest moment, um, who who has this high level of, of credentials and, and, and try to get a big win? on does that offend you? Cause it yeah. seems like he's.
1: Uh, no, I don't get offended very easily. If you think I suck, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Let's get in the ring and settle. If you think I suck, I'm great with that. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't bother you. It doesn't change the fight for you or anything like that.
1: Oh, I love, I love competition. That's like, uh, I don't know. Like if someone says, Hey, I'm gonna beat you at disc golf. Okay. Let's go play. Let's see what's up. You know? Yeah. I love competition.
0: And you get into the bickering a lot online, but you take it so easy. Like you're an easy go. Yeah. Like you fire back, but you're easy going about it. Like he gets all fired up and does crazy stuff and like takes things too far. Sometimes he's a little crazy. Um, but you take it real easy, like you're you're kind of laid back. You just kind of have fun with it. Like you can tell, you're just having fun versus him. You know, kind of you know, it's like his life. You know, this is how he built his career.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I don't know. I think that was one of the things, like in MMA, that people want to say crazy shit, and if you let it bug you, that's gonna be negative to your performance. So I always just figured like, let it let it roll off my back, and um, I know. You know, actually, one of the things I've been thinking, I meant to say this on my, po- my own podcast last week. I didn't say it, so I'm going to say it here for the first time. All right, cool. Is that Connor without the shit talk is a lot less effective. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you just look at just the Poirier fight, then the first fight, he got him really upset, right? And Poirier got overextended, tried to fight too hard, and boom, clips and puts him down. Jose Aldo gets him mad. Aldo rushes in, boom, puts him down. And now in these last couple fights, we've seen like this, I don't know, nicer, happy, more mature. I, well, yeah. I don't know what you'll call it. He's not it's not the same Connor as we saw five years ago. Um, and there's there's other things that are different as well. But I think Connor without the shit talk is a less effective Connor.
0: So that relates what to What do you think to, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And and I was you know, I, I it was it was a hard prediction to make with Poirier versus Connor the second time. Um, but when Connor came in, two things I noticed about Connor, and I'm not trying to dog him in any way, but he was a lot nicer. And and and, and uh, very fatherly. Yeah, that's nice. But when it comes to fighting, it just seems like that's kind of uh, a bad thing at, at sometimes. You know what I mean? Like especially when you're when you're the complete opposite before that, and, and you have yeah. such uh, that uh, you know that aura around you of 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 of, mm-hmm. of, of killer and fear and crazy, and it, that gets under people's skin. It, at least it, at least distracts yeah. them.
1: No, it did it did get under those guys' skin for
0: sure. And for some reason, he looks really old. He looks like he's, he's gained like 10 years and, and like just like uh, a year. I don't know what happened there either. So he looks older and he looks way nicer. So I was kind of worried when I saw him come in and there was so much like uh, yeah. mutual respect. I thought he fought okay. You know, I thought he fought fine. I, um, I, I actually thought, you know, technically he was sound in the fight uh, and, and, and mm-hmm. maybe even better than poor A uh, in the first round as far as technically. Yeah. Um, but then Poirier just does what Poirier does. You know, he, he put it yeah. on the second round and when he got him, man, he just, he just kept going. It was, it was incredible. And, uh, he, he got a great, great win. Undeniable. Were, you, were you
1: shocked that Connor didn't check any leg kicks? Cause that, that was pretty shocking to me. Uh, he didn't check kicks. He didn't change stances. He didn't really have an answer. Um, and if you think like back to his fight with Nate Diaz, that was essentially I would say a major reason why he won that fight was he was so effective with the leg kick. Nate slowed down because of the leg kick and Nate was less effective. So when Connor didn't really have an answer for, for the low leg kick, I was kind of surprised by that.
0: Yeah. You know, a lot of people are saying this and I kind of believe it. I don't think Connor's training is, or was training as much as he was before, you know, the hungry Connor, uh, I think trained a little bit different. So I think maybe, you know, he neglected certain things and probably that was one of them, you know, like checks and, uh, yeah, it seems like this calf kick is the new the new thing. It
1: is, isn't it? I was trying to tell people it wasn't around even like I don't know five years ago.
0: I had this talk with Henry uh, Cejudo who was on my podcast, and he was affected by it from Demetrius, I believe, mm. and yeah, that was the start yeah. of kind of like where this you could see an effect where where it would make the ankle give out and and changed the footing and footwork a little bit like henry was off yep. a little bit after that um he recovered uh, but then cheeto vera did it to sugar and yep. uh and then he didn't recover and he twisted his ankle uh, moments moments after the, the calf kick and that's when it became um you know a little bit more i guess in the in the spotlight. And then somebody else recently did it as well. And then now finally Dustin with Connor and then Connor gave it full credit. So it seems like that's going to be, it seems like everyone needs to come to AK Thailand and, and, and Phuket and train leg checks. That's what I think.
1: Low leg kicks weren't a really popular strike in even Muay Thai historically, correct or no?
0: Yeah, not that low. It's mostly to the, to the thigh. Yeah. Yeah. You're right.
1: So yeah, isn't it so funny how long fighting can be around? Um, And there's this one seemingly very obvious weapon that everyone is neglecting. And then all of a sudden, like people are like, oh, shit, that works. How about everyone start? And then all of a sudden, like tons of people start doing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is weird how like this late in the game or this far into the sport, a a new move comes out and then everyone uses it to effectiveness like that. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, I I think it's because it gets there faster because obviously it's lower. So less distance to travel. Um, And then obviously the check that most people use is like a lot higher check where they're picking the leg up more. And so I think a lot of people are unprepared to deal with that low kick or the low, low kick. And uh, I think that it's probably not going to take too long before people start finding really effective defenses. You know, I think we're probably uh, nine months, a year away. And then someone will solve the puzzle of how they stop it. Like, you know, some type of lower level check um and then then it won't become an issue you know it'll fade it goes stuff cyclical
0: yeah definitely and i think also when you check kicks you bring your leg up and and that makes it more susceptible to hit that 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 spot you know what i mean so yeah, even if if you absolutely. check or you check it can still connect with that with that calf you can't hide your calf so much yes it's hard for sure where does this uh, just going back real fast to fight where does this fight I know it's kind of one of those things. where it's just the right time, and, and you've done so many big things with the uh, the Olympics and and uh, wrestling and fighting. Obviously, two time champion in, in MMA, uh, or or two show. Obviously, two different divi- uh, divisions and two different shows. Right?
1: No, I I fought just one seventy everywhere.
0: That's everywhere. Okay. Um, and then
1: yeah. Uh, so so if you remember one championship, they do the strange thing where they do. Uh, I shouldn't say strange because I actually I think it's superior. Um, but you piss and you weigh at the same time. So it was one it was 185, but they call it welterweight right. still. Um, and I actually think that's for for me that's a more fair way to do the weigh in um, and better for fighters because we don't have to kill ourselves with the water weight cutting.
0: Right. Yeah, it is different. Yeah. W- but where does this fight put you as far as like, where does it rate on your level of? is maybe cool factor maybe you know obviously not uh competition level but where does this fight yeah. rank on your your career as far as like getting a win over Jake in a show like this if it does become a big pay-per-view um obviously there's a lot of kind of like glitz and glamour there's a lot of money there's a lot of star power no. there where does where does it rank on your list of uh achievements if you get this win
1: uh, I don't think it's a very big achievement um that's
0: Maybe, maybe moments was the word I should have used
1: yeah I think moments because it's the gonna be kind is, of a I cool moment it's like, yeah I think it'll be a cool moment I mean I think I and I don't know that it, being famous is something that I really want to do but I think you know if I, if I beat up Jake Paul it'll probably straight out you know catapult me into the stratosphere as far as popularity is concerned yeah for sure I cannot believe so listen I, it's not my generation I'm sure you feel similarly because um, I think we're similar aged. Uh, I've heard the, I've heard of these guys before, Jake and Logan. Uh, I knew they had like a really big following, but I didn't know anything. I knew zero, nothing about them whatsoever. And I, I haven't dug deep in, but it's like, everyone hates these guys. Like there's, it doesn't feel like anyone likes them. Like genuinely it does not feel like that. And I guess a couple of the comments, I made this video the other day cause I was going somewhere with my videographer and he's like 20, he's like 24, he's younger, by me than sitting him out, and he kind of knew a few things about him, you know. And so I turned on the camera and I said, "I said, hey John, tell me what you're telling. Tell these people what you're telling them. And everyone else, why do you guys hate Jake Paul? Because I don't, I don't know why everyone hates him so much. And uh, they pretty much came back and said a lot of things. He just does mean things all the time. He's a bully. He's a dick. Like just a lot of stuff like that. Nothing really positive. So I think everyone's gonna get like a lot of satisfaction." of uh, watching me beat his butt.
0: Yeah, I, I, like every MMA fighter that, the, you know, I think every fighter and sports combat athlete is, is taking offense to the yeah. fact that he's that trying too. to, that he's trying to dip in, into our realm and, and try and take on a fighter with such a low experience, you know, and yeah, yeah it's it, you, you do yeah. have a lot of people on your side, I do believe.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I've been getting like two, almost too many people to which who are offering help um, in some way, shape, or form, you know, a bunch of boxers saying, Hey, let me come help train you and, you know, all this stuff. So it's, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's funny. And yeah, I'm not going to be able to take everyone up on their offers, but I'm sure I'll be able to take a few of them.
0: What's your camp going to be like for this? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're just starting it now.
1: Yeah. So I started training pretty hard like two Fridays ago, maybe, when it was like, Hey, we're going to send you the contract when it, and that was starting, you know. Um, And so a lot of it just been strength and conditioning because after I could actually start doing something with my hip again, I wasn't like doing hard workouts. It was like, hey, I ride the bike for 30 minutes, you know, whatever, like light stuff, you know. So first things first, it was like, okay, let me get back in good shape and get my body going. So I did a whole bunch of strength and conditioning with my coach last week and then kind of setting up my camp. And so um, I'm going to make one of my old teammates, Biggie Rhodes, he's going to be kind of like my everyday guy. Uh, I'm going to work with Duke and Scott Cushman at Rufus a little bit. And then, like I said, I have all these people offering, so I just need to kind of line them up. Um, and I'll probably try a couple in the beginning and if they're really good and I really like them, then I'll, you know, invite them back again. Um, and if I don't like them or it just doesn't work, um, then, you know, probably will say, hey, I appreciate the time and it's just not going to work out. So something like that. Um. Obviously, it's you know one of those situations where you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't need fucking ten people's advice because right. a lot of times that can be counterproductive. So I, I'm hoping, ideally, I find someone good early. I also had a boxing coach who I really liked in Arizona. Um, he he can't be here all the time. I'll probably bring him in for uh, you know a week or two. So I got I had quite quite a few good people around me who. Uh, wanting to help and who have
0: great information and will be able to get me where I want to get to. Nice. Is it different with this COVID? I mean, obviously, and, and I wanted to ask you how your training is going to be with the COVID since you haven't had to deal with that yet. Um, and then the fear of getting it, obviously, and, and, and the fight getting I have you know, no, so
1: fear, no fear of getting it. Whatsoever. No fear of it.
0: <laughs> and then, uh, and I then, mean,
1: dude, I've been around. We opened up. I mean, I think Thailand's, like, really strict. Yeah, We've been super open strict. in Wisconsin, our wrestling academies. We've been open since June 1st. Now, now this is a June 1st of last year, right? Because we're, we're in right, January. Right. So that's like seven months now. Um, no, eight months. Eight months. Um, and we have five academies. We've had zero cases where it's went from one athlete to the other athlete. Wow. We've had zero transmission. And our three initial academies had record numbers last year. Like wow. people where I live, they don't really give a shit. Um, it's kind of wild, and then on top of that, it's almost even more wild that, like I said, zero transmission. I figured it was going to happen, and it was part of what we were going to have to deal with, but we haven't had it happen once, and it's it's almost mind blowing. And I've been I've been yeah. at big tournaments now. I've probably been at six to eight really really I mean thousands of people there tournaments. Um, so no, I, I you know I'm just not all that concerned for myself about it.
0: Have they told you about the protocols for this fight? I mean, and and kind of advance, like what yeah. you're going to have to do. Is it going to be like quarantines and crazy stuff? going there early and all that, or?
1: Yeah, I don't know. They haven't really said that. Um They haven't even picked a final location, which I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to pick a state that's more open. Um, You know, like Texas. I've been there. I've been traveled there. They're relatively open. Florida is relatively open, and then obviously there's places like California, which are more closed down. Although. Very, incons- uh, very conspicuously uh, timing, California, New York City, Chicago, Detroit, all opened within the last couple of weeks, which is yeah. um, very, <laughs> very interesting with the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also in Wisconsin, cases, uh, if you look at the cases, we are going down like, I think we peaked at 78,000 active, active cases, yeah. and we're already down to like 19,000. So mm-hmm. we're really on this huge downswing. Um, you know, my kids have been in in-person school since the yeah. beginning, and there's been a, she she's never well. My oldest one, and well, my youngest two go to daycare a couple days a week, or I don't know, it's like preschool, whatever. Right, right. Um, none of them have had a quarantine or anything. So,
0: yeah, I mean, up over here in Wisconsin, we're we're doing pretty good. I mean, it's gotta be getting weaker. I mean, essentially in time, these viruses get weaker as time goes on. So, I mean, it's it's probably getting a lot weaker now and and a lot harder to transmit and, and definitely less dangerous, I would think. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world Mike, are you guys still shut down? We're shut down. So the borders are shut down, but we can get people in, um, but you have to do a two week quarantine. So we're getting guests in, we're actually getting a lot more guests in this month or last month and this month, um, but they're having to do a two week quarantine in Bangkok. And then, and then they have, you know. so we're getting guests that are coming for like three months, six months and a year versus yeah. like, if they come for a month, they're not gonna do a two week quarantine in a hotel yeah, yeah. and then have two weeks in Thailand. Um, but once you're in yeah. Thailand, it's like the one good thing I can say is there's no COVID here. So we live kind of normal, you know, and we have a beautiful place. There's And, and another great thing is the beaches and the tourist-like areas, uh, the most beautiful beaches and locations and stuff. There's no tourists. So there, there'll never be a time in history when, when you can Tennessee, actually huh? go to these places and not see tourists except right now. So we're like cruising around. Like I'm posting a video actually right after, wow. after this podcast. Wow. Um, I basically uh, – I surprised my whole gym and took him to uh, an island for for training and, and we filmed the whole thing we're gonna, we're gonna post this video like right after you actually um yep. but it's like the 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 quality of of the sights and the nature is. is unbelievable and you can actually come if you didn't have a big fight coming up obviously and a lot of people don't have things to do for the next three months four months whatever they could escape to thailand do a two-week quarantine and then just enjoy and travel all around thailand you know for a month two Mm -hmm. months get some experience and see a thailand that they'll never see again you know without all these crazy tourists everywhere and it's very cheap too so that's obviously very good
1: nice yeah that's, uh, that's awesome i mean hopefully you guys open back up i know i went to singapore and they were super strict quarantine in your room had to get invitation by whoever was hosting you uh that that type of thing and i know that i think they're just starting to put fights on again which is really positive
0: yeah have you ever been to thailand or no
1: i have so i went to uh my wife and i went to phuket oh cool and yeah and then we went to what was called PP island i think
0: yep it's amazing
1: yep we're out there so yeah it was amazing it was really really enjoyable um I hope I get to come
0: back at some point, but I, you know, who knows? I'm busy, man. So I don't know when that's going to be. Well, after this fight, man, take a vacation, um, come back <laughs> when the quarantine's over. They're about to, I think they're about to announce a bubble and then they're going to start opening it up. So I think it's going to be soon, but Hey man, yeah. I got a nice place here and I know the island very well. I can, I can, uh, right. give you guys a great, uh, vacation if you want to come and it's an open invitation to you and, and your wife right. and your family.
1: Uh, are you there permanently? Like, are you like, yeah. I'm, this is where I'm living for the next 50 years of my life?
0: I mean i'm back and forth well not now because the 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 virus at my my business but i'm primarily living here yeah yeah definitely
1: and and like do you see it as something where you'll never come back or you see it as like i'll live here for another 10 years or
0: judging from the news from what i'm seeing in america like it's not like i'm excited (laughs) to come back you know i'm kind of like every day that goes by i'm kind of like i made a good decision you know like of of all Uh, the places i could have kind of like retired to uh, a beautiful island in Thailand is not the worst place that I could have opened up a huge yeah. business and and yeah, been able really. to make a living doing something that you know is is on a, in a beautiful location uh, you know with with great people and then that creates success for other people too as well. you know that's obviously a, a gratifying job to have. you know we get a lot of people in and we, it's not a fight gym. you know we have we have fighters and, and it has a fight uh, area you know we, we do have top fighters like Manel Cap who's fighting in the next UFC. He's a he's gonna be a top five fighter. He's fighting a top five fighter, um, but we are an open gym for everybody. So it's like an excursion. It's like in a you know it's kind of like what I tried to build was like the Hard Rock Cafe or the Planet Hollywood of gyms of sports combat gyms. There's never been one of those. So that's yeah. kind. Of, it's like a gym resort. And if you if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to explain. Just if you haven't seen it, but it's I like two.
1: It, Ty- Tyrone went over with you, so I, I've seen the picture. multiple that, times. Uh, yeah. He's posted.
0: It's like a two acre compound or two acre property. It's almost like a college. It's got multiple buildings um, and, it, and it's got training facilities across two acres in the jungle, mountain view. It's, it's crazy, man, it's pretty cool. So you, you would definitely enjoy it. Like I said, with your wife and your family. And, and how's, just real quick, just one last question. Just how's your wife yeah. taken to this whole fight? And, and, and this, obviously you've been saying about how she's getting famous from Jake Paul, putting her on yeah. his, his Instagram and stuff. <laughs> But, but what does she think overall about the fight? Not just about that, but like just overall about you going back in there and fighting again and and, and fighting him and, and this whole experience.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I guess she's kind of relatively like easygoing, like, hey, Ben, whatever you want to do, you do. Yeah. Um, you know, I fought in a cage for 10 years. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, at first when I said box. she's like, well, boxing, like, you don't box. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like th- go through the list of killers I fought with four ounce gloves. And they could punch me, kick me, knee me, or elbow me. Yeah. And well, this guy is a bum. And he can only punch me. And this 10-ounce gloves, like, I don't really see, to to me, obviously, those two situations. One is not like the others. Right. Yeah. So she's good with it.
0: That's good. And she seems like a very supportive wife. Very lucky. Yeah. It, it, it's good to have that. Obviously, it helps a lot when you're training.
1: Yeah. So everything's good. We're happy. Uh, she, she does it. I keep fucking with her. And. You know, turning the camera on and, and you know, interviewing yeah. or whatever. She, I don't, she doesn't love that one. Um, uh, but she, she's dealing with it enough, and um, it's kind of funny now. For me, it's second nature, I guess, for people to, you know, me pop on Twitter and people tell me I suck or fuck off or you know, whatever. Uh, and so for her, people
0: saying mean things to her on social media for like
1: the first time in her life, she's like, ah, I don't know how you deal with this.
0: <laughs> are, are you getting like feedback from like obviously I know you're getting a lot of support from the MMA community and stuff. Yeah. He has a big following, obviously. Are you getting uh, more po- are you getting more positive, more negative, and are you getting more positive from the people that you actually care about? And then does he have yeah. like an influence where these these army of, of 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 Jake Paul fans are coming and attacking you and trying to like uh, you know harass you online?
1: Yeah, I don't. I try not to ever read comments. Um, my but my wife was talking about that the day they actually seem relatively uh relatively positive um like i said it doesn't seem like a lot of people like him and yeah. so no he doesn't have like this you know like uh you know who actually has a really uh aggressive army of fans is like the diaz brothers like yeah. you say some shit about the diaz brothers you will have like hundreds of people on twitter just trying to tear you apart yeah um but with him it does not seem to be that way
0: well, I guess that's a good thing. And, and last yeah. question about the fight: What I know you said seventh round TKO KO whatever. Uh, without being strategic and giving away anything, I don't think you mm-hmm. care anyway. To be honest, I think you're just gonna go in there and do what you are yeah. going to do. But what do you? What is your exact prediction of how you think this fight's gonna go when the when the bell rings till the time this thing ends?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, like I said, you know, I just don't hit very hard, which is one of the reasons I'm not predicting it to end early. Um, so I think it'll be one of those things where. He realizes I'm not very easy to hit. He realizes I'm gonna punch him back, like you know Nate Robinson and the other jabroni. They didn't really even punch back. They were more like punching bags than anything. And uh, it's gonna start getting worse and worse and worse for him when he gets tired, when he gets hurt once, yeah. and when those things start to happen. And so you know it could be earlier if he like reacts really negatively to some of those things, it could obviously end earlier, right? I mean, there's a chance that a guy who's never been in a tough situation, he gets tired, he gets hit a couple times, and he says, ah, fuck this, I'm going back to the Disney Channel and takes a knee, you know? I mean, that could definitely happen. But my thing was more or less just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a prolific boxer, that's fine, right? Um, and I don't hit that hard, that's fine, and I wasn't blessed with fast twitch muscle fibers in any way, shape, or form. And so, but I am going to land punches, and over time they are going to accumulate, and I'm not going to get that tired. And I'm just going to keep hitting you, and I'm going to keep coming forward. And so, you know, seventh round, he's going to say, Okay, I've had enough of this shit. Um, and he's going to, you know, bow out in some way, shape, or form, whether it's like staying on a stool, whether it's I hit him and he acts, he acts like it's harder than it was, and he just falls over and says, Okay, I'm done. Something like that.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, just real quick, I'm not an expert on boxing or wrestling footwork, um, but I would think, in in my opinion, wrestling footwork, when you have to, you know, you have to maneuver yourself into somebody's body, body on body, without them uh, stopping you and then throwing them on their back, I would think that wrestling footwork would be a little bit more difficult to learn and grasp than boxing footwork. And I would think that would also help you in boxing and maneuvering around and doing things. And I, I don't think he's taking that in consideration as well. I mean, I think you're going to be able to move in ways that he's not going to yeah. expect because he thinks, yeah. you know, he thinks it's not boxing. Uh, you know, he's, he's looking at punches only, I think.
1: Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Uh, definitely kind of come out from different, different angles of attack for yeah. sure.
0: Okay, so and, and last thing uh, I wanted to ask you because obviously you got a podcast set up there. It looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're in a Bitcoin. What is it that you're going to do when this is over? Obviously, you're going to have some extra money uh, to help you do these things, whatever it is. Yeah. What is it that you've are What you kind of been doing or what is it that you want to do? I, I like to ask yeah. fighters this question of like, say 10 years from now as well. You're already retired anyway. What is it that's your passion now, you know, after, after fighting, after yeah. this is over with?
1: Well, I'm, I'm doing all these things. So I actually joked, I was I'm joking that I'm not actually coming out of retirement. I'm just doing this as a hobby. Uh, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that, feel, that feels more right to me than yeah. saying I'm coming out of retirement. Um, so I'm doing this as a hobby. But uh, let's see. The proceeds, uh, well, I'm probably going to buy. So we have five academies, and we own two of the buildings in which the academies reside. Nice. We'll probably you know buy one or two more of the buildings. Um, I'm or, already kind of in the process of, Hiring another coach, just kind of someone to help us out with certain things because we are busy, and it's gonna be nice to have a kind of extra set of hands around. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, I'll probably keep investing more, more and more in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I obviously I, I have a podcast about that. I'm doing. Uh, I think we interviewed Chael on the podcast. My my podcast partner sets up the interviews, but I think we're interviewing Chael tomorrow. Yeah. Um, nice. So yeah, so I'll probably just do all the things that I'm, that I'm already doing because I, I kind of am living my regular life. You know, my post-fight life. And you know, so I don't even really view this as like uh, coming out of my retirement for me. This is more like literally more like a hobby, or I'm gonna train for one fun thing that I'm gonna do.
0: Yeah, I've, I've got to learn more about Bitcoin. Like me and Javier were just talking about a deal that was done, um, and it was it was a deal that went down for like a hundred coins, a hundred bitcoins, and it was. It was maybe a couple of weeks ago, something like that. And it was like thirty one thousand yeah. per coin. So we're talking, yeah. you know, obviously three point one million. Um, and then within twenty four hours, I, I'm not kidding you, the Bitcoin was worth like forty thousand, almost forty one thousand. He it gained like very a,
1: violently. He
0: gained like a million dollars after sell on his value. That's hey crazy. Michael
1: Saylor Michael Saylor bought four hundred and fifty million dollars of Bitcoin at eleven thousand. <sighs> And he wow. bought another 650 million at i think it was 18 or nineteen thousand. and so yeah he, he's sitting very pretty he's been many 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 millions um yeah moves violently though i, I would recommend it uh i recommend it to everyone i think it's the i think it's the future money for real
0: yeah well it sounds like it and listen man i, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking time yeah, out for me i know you got a huge fight coming up been wanting to get you on for a while it's been great talking to you uh i wish you the best of luck in your camp best of luck in your fight i'll be rooting for you for sure and i'll definitely be watching So uh, thanks for being on. All
1: right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.